don't give a fuck. Are you sure? I just don't give a fuck. Presenting. Hey folks, this not is Gary Dog with was giving the day. Giving a fuck. Welcome to another episode of Art of NGF, Victim to Adventurer. Today we've got a very special guest for his second appearance on the show. That's uh, Mr. Ben Settle. Welcome to the show, Ben. Uh, thank you, Garrett. I, and we were, I was just telling you, I appreciate you having me on again. And uh, I hope that we can... I hope we can build upon what we talked about last time, make it even more outrageous, hopefully. Definitely, definitely, yeah. So I think we've got a lot of great tips and tricks uh, people can apply right out of the gate here today. And again, that's always the uh, the approach with this podcast, and, uh, and that holds true with your podcast too, Ben, is that we want to give people some tools, some ideas, but some things they can do immediately to start seeing results. Otherwise, uh, it's just, you know, masturbation over the airwaves. So... Hopefully we'll do that today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so cool, man. Well, my in terms of an intro to all this content, uh, I'm thinking of success and happiness in general have to be the foundation, and they're they're on your own terms. Whoever's listening, you as an individual, no matter what anybody else thinks, success and happiness, in, in my experience, have to be on your own terms. Otherwise, you wouldn't even recognize them. Uh, and they wouldn't be satisfying or, or, or very uh, happy if they weren't on your own terms. So what's uh, success look and feel like to you, Ben? You know, I think a lot of it comes down to balance. I've, I've actually been thinking about this lately, which is kind of ironic that you're asking about it. You know, I, okay, so I have a, I'll give you an example. I, okay, I run a, a business online primarily. I'm trying to add offline components, but right, it's mostly online. And you know, not a week goes by where someone doesn't send me some unsolicited advice like, Ben, why aren't you doing this? Ben, why aren't you doing that? Why don't you add this to this funnel and, and do that and add this service and all this? And they don't understand that right now my life is so balanced right now. In fact, if anything, it's a little bit heavy on the work side. I'm trying to get that back in balance. Mm-hmm. They understand that I could do all these other things. I absolutely could. I could set up these complicated uh, funnels and all this stuff, and, and there's nothing wrong with any of it, but it would actually take time away from other things I want to do. It would cause more Presenting. energy to be expelled so in directions I don't want to go. Uh, for example, people like Ben, why don't you, um, why don't you sell, you know, why don't you have a refund policy? We'll just talk about that. Everyone has a refund policy, basically, in direct response. I don't. Why? Because I don't like the type of customer it attracts. It's more time I got to spend processing that stuff or hiring someone else to do it and making sure they're doing it okay. And there's a whole other bunch of reasons I don't do that sort of thing. And it's all because I want everything in balance. When things are in balance, you feel good. Um, I, I'll give you another example if you want. Um, this is not really a business example, but it's kind of recent. Mm-hmm. Over the last few months, I've been uh, learning this uh, kung fu uh, called Wing Chun Kung Fu. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it's lining up your body. Like when you do the form, they call it the form when you're kind of getting in position to fight. You're lining your body up with gravity. And when you do the form right, everything, your entire body feels like it's in balance. Nothing, everything's straight. Everything's back. And you, your legs feel like you're about ready to spring. It's a very powerful feeling, actually, when you do it. If you're just one inch or two off in any body part, you can feel your body going out of balance. You can feel the strength kind of lessen a little bit. You can even feel more discomfort. And you realize that you're actually weaker because of it. 
So it's the exact same thing in business success, anything. You want balance. Everything should be in balance. If it's not, you're going to be miserable and you're going to make everyone around you miserable. Yeah, that makes so much sense, man. It makes a, it makes a ton of sense. And uh, well, that's funny. I, I do resonate with your business model in so many ways. And, and I don't offer uh, a refund uh, or a guarantee either because I know that it takes work to do to accomplish the type of transformations I'm offering. These are it's, it's a big deal to overcome your fear or your social anxiety or these things. And uh, I don't want people just dabbling in it and fucking around. Even if I make a little bit more in the long run, like you said, it's going to drain my time forever to be handling those people who need so much help or that come and, and uh, when I used to offer refunds, they'd show up and buy a product, then they'd refund it and use the money for something else. And they'd come back later yeah. and ask to buy it again. And, uh, or, you know, they buy a package of, of, of consulting sessions, which I'm also not doing anymore. Uh, but they would buy a package of those and then halfway through it, ask for half of the money back or something or else. And then if I don't do it, they'll go to PayPal or something, you know? So it's like, oh, yeah. you really want to deal with that can mess up your whole account even. So it's, is it really more money in the long run? I'm not sure. Yeah. And to me, it's, you know, I'm not even sure that having a refund policy makes people more money in the long run because you're just attracting a higher quality customer who's more likely to buy stuff on the back end and stick around with you and tell everyone about you. And they're not in it for the short term. They're not dipping their toe in there. They're not being real passive and kind of squeaky about it and timid about it. They're, it's kind of like when the story, I don't know if this is true or not, but the story of when Cortez came over to South America and he <laughs> burned the boat so there's no way to get home. They had to conquer. Um, it's that, that's the mentality I want in people. And that brings balance, you know, at least to my life. It doesn't mean everyone listening to this has to do that, but it brings balance. And that's the kind of, that's what's important. Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, I think if you're running something like on a Walmart level, then of course refunds can make sense, and you have the the, the power, manpower to handle it, and the infrastructure to, to deal with those types of things, and it's not as problematic. But on a on a, if you're starting your own business and then offering refunds, it can get so messy, and it can be such a downer too. Actually, I mean, because if you, you can't count on all the money that appears to be coming in either. Yeah, that's true. That's that's another problem with it. <laughs> <laughs> so cash you never flow. know. Yeah, you, I mean, you have to. You'd have to. You have to manage your cash flow sixty to ninety days out that way. You know, and, and keep everything locked down until it until the refund dates pass and all that kind of stuff. So, so yeah, it's just it's even for someone getting started. I think just don't even bother with the refund uh, policy and just do really good work and attract the, the a smaller number of people that'll pay you a higher amount for something uh, more tangible. Yeah, you know, and, and to to add on to that. Um, if somebody, and this is this this is an interesting just side note, if somebody asks you, do you have a refund policy? They're they're telling you right now that they intend to refund. Like they've just told you, <laughs> they, they wouldn't even. Be, you know what I mean? And and you you were like you want to deal with lesser people rather than more. I agree. I, I like there's this concept that uh, that I really believe in. I'd rather have four quarters and a hundred pennies. You want a hundred sticky pennies rattling around in your pocket, or four clean shiny quarters that are easily managed. And just as valuable, even more valuable. Yeah, exactly, man. Totally. And uh, yeah, you know, I, I, it's, it's ridiculous to manage tons of people. The only way I could see doing that is, is you know, if I'm aiming at the top folks and building a, a list of people who didn't go for the main offer and then putting them through maybe an autoresponder series to sell some courses, but that don't require my input. You know, that's, that's how I might handle that kind of thing if there was a lot of traffic. But, but even still, I like more and more your idea of 
rejecting people as a tactic, you know, as a business tactic, really like identifying who you don't want to work with and attacking them until they leave you alone, you know, getting them off the list. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I mean, when that it's so counterintuitive to a lot of people. They don't want to do that. They think they're going to, you know, because it's, it's fundamentally a negative thing, you know, and everybody's in this like positive thinking mindset all the time. But I think there's more power in negativity than positivity, and it should be used and harnessed correctly, of course, and you don't want it to consume you, but it, it gives you a lot more freedom to do things when you have that mindset. Right, and then sometimes you can, you can let the, what other people are calling negativity uh, help guide you into something more fun by saying, you know, I don't, I don't fucking like this party. Actually, I don't like any of these people. What the fuck am I doing? <laughs> you know, you wake up from the nice guy uh, trance, and realize a bunch of the stuff in your life you just really do not like, but you've been tolerating. Uh, and then from then you can just start to remove it. Pretty easy to remove it when you re remove that nice guy blinders. Uh, yeah, I just say, you know, my, my whole motto here is, and my, my girlfriend loves and hates this, all right? I am unapologetically selfish. I am absolutely selfish. And, and, you know, she used to get mad because I never hang out with her family or friends or anything. I, I don't want to. I've noticed, I've been going out with this girl for over a year. I've never hung out with her family other than her brother, who I think is kind of cool. I like her brother. Mm -hmm. But even then, that was just like rarely a thing. And she, oh, you're so selfish. I said, yeah, but think about it. If, you, if I was to let you drag me to one of these things I don't want to go to, all right? And, and I'm not, let's say I'm going to be Mr. Nice Guy and not selfish about this. I'm going to let drag me there. I'm going to be miserable which is going to make you miserable and everyone around you miserable because I'm not going to pretend to be happy when I'm not. I'm not going to pretend to be enjoying – you know, I'm like one of these – and it's nothing against them. I mean it, this is all 100% me. It's, it's like I just have one of these personalities where I hate small talk. I, I get bored very easily. I check out of conversations like without – you know, no matter how hard I try. <laughs> I'm doing them a favor by not going. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. But I'm selfishly – my motive is selfish. I, I've worked my ass off to get to a certain spot in my life. I want to sit in my lair. I want to be relaxed. I want to do whatever I feel like doing and go where I feel like going. And I'm not going to let anybody drag me somewhere. If I have to be dragged somewhere, what, what is the point? And now she has seen the light on that. She goes, yeah, you're right. I'm not going to bring you around and act yeah. like that. <laughs> well, you should pretend. I'm not going to pretend. Well, that's lying, right? Yeah. I'm being dishonest with myself and everyone. I mean, and I always tell them, look, if they want to hang out with me, maybe one day when we're out on the town, you can tell them where we're at and maybe we're there and maybe we won't. I don't know. But I'm not going to like put myself in a situation where I know I'm going to be miserable. I'm going to be bored. I'm going to make others miserable. I'm going to make other people frustrated and all that. And I just don't see the point in it. So, it's a selfish thing, but in the end, she's much happier, and so am I. So, who does it hurt? Yeah, exactly. No, I, I completely agree. And uh, again, it does relate to the nice guy thing. The nice guy would show up and then sit there and fake smile on his face the whole time, just yeah. you know. And then that pop out in resentment and some <laughs> argument with the girlfriend later, at some seemingly irrelevant time. And that's absolutely true, man. That's exactly all that frustration is going to build up. And you know what? I'd rather just not go. I, you know, I like the concept of take my ball and leave. I don't have to play the game. I'll just take my ball and go. And that's fundamentally what, what I think real freedom is in business especially. You don't have to play by anybody else's game. You can just take your ball and leave and play your own game. Yeah, exactly. It always reminds me of Cartman on South yeah. Park. That, Screw you guys. I'm going home. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah, super funny. Ah, it's true. 
and a lot of this stuff is easier than it seems. It's just you got to be willing to go through feelings, you know, intense feeling a little bit of intensity and in, in dealing with uh, something a lot of people are afraid of, which is confrontation. Uh, you know, telling your girlfriend, sitting there and feeling uncomfortable for a few minutes while you let the other person process the fact that their expectations aren't going to be met, you know. And, and that happens all the time. And I know it because she'll sit there with a blank look on her face and just kind of stare at me for two minutes straight without saying anything. And it's like, oh, okay, what are you analyzing now? What did I do this time? Bring it out. What did I say? And let's get this on the table. I don't want this coming back in some passive aggressive thing later. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it always does. When you, you know, it's all about making people ante up. You don't mm -hmm. call them out on it. If you think, you know, that, this is a little unrelated, but it's about make. You do what you got to do, but also make other people ante up and keep them honest with themselves so that mm -hmm. they're not harboring a bunch of crap inside them. I agree with you. Let's just get it out on the table, you know, and, and let it all happen instead of, like, festering. You know, if you sit there and let things mildew inside you, that's how you get mold, right? So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You get sick and pissed off and <laughs> grumpy and all this. Start doing a half-assed job of things around the house. Yeah, I mean, it just plays <laughs> out into just a nasty situation. <laughs> Yeah, I used to, uh, I had this um, girlfriend for a couple years, uh, and it was a fun time. It was a beautiful time, but it, there was some weirdness there. And one of the things she'd do is say, yeah, you know, this friend of mine thinks that you're this way, and this friend thinks you're that way. And this, so I'd hear those things. i okay, all right. I'd, I'd, Good. I'd usually push, yeah, I'd wait to hear who it was. Then I'd wait till we're all together, and those friends are around at some nice gathering. And then I'd say, right in front of them all, I'd say, okay, so, hey, you know, uh, um, Jane, uh, Julie was telling me that you said this about me. Well, can you tell me more about that? And then everybody's oh, face gets red, you know. It just, awesome. <laughs> but that put an end to that kind of bullshit from then on. I never heard those things again, you know. And I never had to deal with those. And those people actually were nicer to me after that. They were, they were more uh, authentic after that. You know, that, that makes perfect sense. You made them ante up. And, you know, this happened, um, this happens like online too. And, Recently, some people were talking some smack about me in a Facebook group, a private Facebook group, which I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm in like two groups. I control one group. I'm in a private group with like three other people for a golf business. And that's it. I'm not really in a bunch of groups. And some people started like messaging me and emailing me that, hey, Ben, these pe this lady's saying bad things about you and all this. And I'm like, I don't care. Good. You know, I don't even need to see it. I'm, I'm like, I did something right probably. One guy actually sent me some screenshots, and I said, okay, I know what they're saying. So I just wrote an email the next day saying, this is what they said. Here's why they're wrong. And uh, I haven't heard a peep from anyone ever since. Because <laughs> you know? they, they don't realize that people don't realize that there is no privacy anymore. You, if you say something bad about someone, it's going to come back to them in some way, shape, or form. So don't do it unless you're going to back it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's easy to get talking about personalities on the internet as if they're not real people. And then if that person was confronted with you face to face, they wouldn't say a thing. Most of the people <laughs> wouldn't say anything. Or they might even start kissing your ass or being friendly to you because they're like, oh, that's that, that's that internet personality. Fuck. You know, <laughs> even if they just talk shit on you on their phone, they might turn around and be nice to your face. You know, it's... <laughs> screenshots are a bitch man that's all i can say <laughs> you can only, you can just not get it there's no you can't like deny you said something even if you delete it later somebody took a screenshot and and people do i mean i saw it and they guys are taking screenshots from you these stupid conversations and so you know they could have deleted all they want but i know they said it and i'm you know you might as well profit from it right yeah exactly exactly so that's what i did and, and it's not a hard thing to do 
when, the, when I first got started doing the online business, there was a lot of detractors and, and uh, people who kind of worshipped some of the folks I learned from, uh, but were still attracted to come and talk to me and tell me, tell me you know, how much of a piece of shit I was or something in the beginning. And then uh, ha- at least half of those, and I think maybe more, maybe I had like a 70% rate, but I'd write something back just super direct and call out everything that they had implied. And, often, and then I'd include a buying link. And saying, you know what, if you want to set this aside and actually accomplish something, then here's a link for you so you can buy this, this course. Nice. And then, you know, 70 uh, to 75% of those guys bought after that wow. conversation, you know. And it reminds me, you've sent out a couple things about somehow some of the door-to-door sales guys would go look for the angriest people they could find and sell to them. Well, I'll give you the, uh, an example. There's this guy named Stan Ballou, uh, who's unfortunately, he's, he's, like, he's going to die pretty soon. He's got some kind of cancer. But uh, you know he's he's he was like the greatest phone sales coach there was. Like he's the guy that that Zig Ziglar and, and uh, Tom Hopkins would go like use his stuff to put people in their seats. Oh man! Like he's <laughs> yeah. just really he's like the best of the best. And he did an interview. My friend Michael Senoff interviewed him uh, some few I don't know maybe five six years ago. And it's that interview is one of the best like sales lessons trainings i mean for email online offline doesn't matter and one of the stories he told in there is when he was selling investments back in the 80s i think and so he he calls this guy up this doctor and the doc and you know he, as soon as he says uh, investment the doctor starts yelling at him oh you know you people are all a bunch of scum liars scams don't ever call here again and hung up on stan so stan calls him back <laughs> and keeps getting a busy signal um, and then, you know, like a half hour later, he still tries to call him back. He finally connects and the guy answers, yeah, who is this? He's like, look, um, <laughs> we must have got disconnected. And, oh, we didn't get disconnected, you liar. You ever called back? Here? Hangs up on him again. <laughs> Stan calls back again several times. It's always busy. Finally gets to hold him again. He said, he goes, wait, before you hang up on with me, I just have one question. And he goes, what? He goes, you must have had a god-awful experience with investments in the past. And he said this doctor just went on for like five minutes and was like air coming out of a balloon, just getting all of his frustrations and pain out on poor Stan. Stan was able then to like say, you know, just kind of befriend the guy. He's just listening to him. And what happened was he finally asked Stan, well, what do you got? <laughs> and Stan's like, well, you don't want to hear what I have. I mean, you just went through all this stuff. No, I want to hear it. What do you have? No, really, this isn't the right time. It's expensive. It's risky. I don't want you to... Tell me what it is. So, so anyway, so I'm selling the guy like a $250,000 investment, and he was a hostile lead. And he said after that, he went to everyone in the phone room, and he said, give me your most hostile people. I'll buy the leads. And he did, and he ended up making a ton of money just calling hostile leads because he understood that they're not mad at you personally. They're just angry. They have pain. And if you're the one that just lets them get it out, they're far more receptive to what you have. You do a little takeaway, you know, so you, and, and bam. So – yeah, anyway, that was awesome. A, that's awesome. I love that story. It's it's very uh, profound, actually. Well, that's that's good advice for anyone out there trying to do uh, coaching, consulting. Or, well, even if fuck, even if you want to go ask your boss for a raise, if you can catch yeah. at that moment when you find him pissed, most people are going to be afraid to talk to the guy. March right into his office and let him unload that. Take it off his back, and you know you don't have to take it personally, like you just said. And then from there, that raise conversation is going to be easy. It's going to conduct itself. I mean. And there's, you know, there's a fine line, and, and this, this goes for dating too, by the way, especially for, for dating. There's a very fine line between love and hate. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's the weirdest thing, but the more someone hates you, chances are 
they have an emotion for you, whether it be in business or, or dating, whatever. They have an emotion there, and you it, it can be – it's strong. It, it's not necessarily a bad thing if they're hating you. Um, and not if they're just being nasty or whatever. But if they have That's a true. legitimate pain or something and they've been hurt, it's not like they're mad at you. They're just mad at – they actually want somebody to change things for them, and they're open to things if you just know how to communicate with them. Yeah, exactly. I know like if you're – if your girlfriend has has uh, left or run out of the house, and then is, but then is texting you, hey asshole, or sending you something, you know, okay, she's she's communicating right now, you know, she's communicating with you. I'm not saying to be like you say, don't be a doormat about these things, but people yeah. get mad, people get upset, that happens, that's fine. And uh, yeah, if you remember not to take it personally, and and every time that I actually let uh, my girlfriend just say the shit she needs to say. <laughs> And if it gets out of hand, I draw a boundary, okay, no big deal. But, but if she has stuff to say, the less I try to engage it or, or, or confront it or, or pick it apart and just let it sort of flow through the room, she kind of talks herself into feeling good again. And so the less, it's actually really efficient on my part to just let most people, uh, like you said, just let the air out of the balloon and then I'll engage when it's actually easy and I can, uh, you know, have fun and get what I want out of the situation rather than just trying to fight with somebody. And, and you know, with, with, with girls, it's, it's even easier because, um, I, I really believe this and I know that there, every girl listening to this will probably deny this and that's fine. They're wrong. I'm right. It, it's fine. <laughs> it's, it's, I believe me, that's not an unusual phenomenon, but, uh, <laughs> 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 girls can't, I mean, they just can't. And, 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 and there's an opposite to this too. Chicks just cannot stay logical for very long. Like you can, they can stay logical for like two or three moves, and then after that, they have a very hard time going farther because they're very emotional creatures. Now, guys are the opposite. It's hard for us to stay emotional. You know, eventually we just get burned out on it. We just can't do it. We go back to logic mode, and that's where I think a lot of arguments happen actually because one's staying. So I have found that, you know, going back to letting the air just come out, <laughs> it's out. <laughs> You know, if girls mad at you, just uh, you know, you and everyone disagrees. And I'm, I'm telling you, I've, pr- I've got field research on this. I've done this so many times. I just get real logical with the girl who's being real emotional with me because she can't last. She can't. Eventually, she'll calm down if you just stay logical, stay in control, don't get mad and, and start showing emotions because they feed off our emotions. Yeah. They, it's like giving them food. I'm not gonna if a girl is yelling at me. I'm not gonna nourish her by giving her emotions. I'm gonna get more calm, more logical. And, you know, this is something for someone to think about if they're ever getting yelled at by a girl. Whether it's romantic or a customer or whatever, you know, you can't – if you sit there and play their game, you're going to lose. Girls will out-emotion us any day. They will kill us in that game. Yeah. So your your weapon is your logic. And I know everyone says, no, you can't get lo-. – I'm like, I'm just saying. I'm field research. <laughs> practice yeah. this purpose. I'm, I hate to say it. I've actually purposely gotten chicks mad so I could practice this and test it. <laughs> and it works. It just, like, you just stay logical. Eventually they'll calm down and, and then you have a, you know, the, you're not, and, but as soon as, as long as you give them emotions to eat, to feed on, I mean, you're feeding them, man, and they're just going to get stronger and bigger. <laughs> yeah. They're going to kill you. So you can't yeah. let that happen. <laughs> well, and then when, you know, when the guys do an emotional outburst, it, it betrays the neediness, you know, which is, yes. again, something we talked about before. And so if you're, the times that I, and this is, again, <laughs> more of my own field research, too, the times <laughs> I've let myself just say, you know, ah, oh, fuck you, and I finally, like, blow up or say something like that, man, I've noticed it's almost like a glimmer in a woman's eye as soon as I... 
uh, unleash some emotion because then they're then they're they are just in charge of the situation. Like you said, they go, "Oh, you've stepped onto my playing field." This exactly, <laughs> home court, they're, motherfucker. <laughs> their world at that point, man, and they right. will kill us. That's yeah. how they. I mean, and, and, you know, if you th- it's really just a biological defense mechanism. They're just doing exactly what they need to do, and so we need. But the problem is the culture tells us to be us guys to um be more in touch with our feelings and more sensitive. They're telling us how to lose to the girls. And mm-hmm. so you know, it's like, you know, if someone falls for that crap and it's been going on for 50 years, right? It's just being in, ingrained in people. Got to be more sensitive. Got to get in touch with your feminine side. Look, if I want to get in touch with my feminine side, Garrett, I'll go make a sandwich. Exactly. Right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. No, I mean, that's the thing is that all these platitudes people use, they get in touch with their feminine side and the positive emotions and all this crap is that, I mean, it's just garbage because they're not in touch with their emotions. If a guy's doing that, it's because he's being ruled by emotions that he's afraid to feel and tolerate. But if the guy sits there, I mean, that's what it takes. It take, it's not that you're out of touch with your emotions, that you're more in touch with someone who's being ruled by them. So if I can sit there and feel a bunch of rage in my guts and feelings in my throat and then sit there and go, well, this is, uh, you know, let that nourish me for one thing and let it remind yeah. me, okay, now for now, uh, I'm going to go work on something else. And then use that logic and reason, like you said, and and that logic and reason provides a scaffolding for the girlfriend to return to, or to even like, she'll respect you more later. Going, wow, he stayed so calm while I just completely flipped out. And sometimes the woman's looking to verify that from a a male, you know. They're, they testing, wanna, yeah. they're absolutely testing us, and, and they don't even know they're doing it. No, that's the thing. They. They don't know it, and so you can't like be mad at them for it. They're, they're really doing what's in their best interest to find someone who's going to be their masculine entity, so to speak. And and they have to do that. It's kind of like us testing them all the time, making sure they don't gain weight, you know, and do things to make themselves look unseemly. You know what I mean? Right. We yeah, test yeah. them too. We do the exact same. We just do it differently. Yeah, totally. Oh, and it's a, and it's a good thing. It's just becoming aware of it and then uh, playing the game in a way that's that's fun for you. Yeah, worst case scenario, you just take your ball and leave. You know? <laughs> exactly. I do it exactly. all the time, dude. I do it all the time. My girl and I, we have, man, the drama that erupts sometimes around here, it, it, it freaking astonishes me. And, uh, you know, my also, I'm just like, I'm leaving, man. You do whatever you want. I'm going. Where are you going? I don't know. I'm getting away, you know, because that's all I can do. Yeah. And they, then they, you know, they get more mad. The emotions erupt. But then they calm down after an hour or two and... You know, even if I screw something up, which happens once in a while, I'll admit it. You know, even even then, it's sometimes, man, if I've screwed something up really bad, i got to take my ball and leave for both of our sakes. Yeah, and, no, and that's awesome. The time, Yeah, like I was saying before, if I leave and go do something else that I find fun, I win immediately because it's a fun yeah. activity, even if I don't feel it quite yet. And then the woman usually, <laughs> by the time I get back, has she's happy or has worked. Oh, I'm sorry. I know I got a little crazy back there. You know. <laughs> Whereas if I engaged that shit, it would have lasted. It could have lasted 48 hours. Who the fuck knows how long you can? You know, people can drag things out for a long time. <laughs> the problem comes when, and I don't know if you're like this or not, but I take some kind of weird sadistic glee in getting her riled up sometimes. Like, it amuses me. And and I and it's not a good thing necessarily. I mean, I, I'm, I'm actually working on this because I don't realize what that does to them, you know? Like, yeah. I, I don't get that emotional, so I don't understand what the big deal is. But, you know, it's probably the equivalent of a girl being cold and emotionally distant to us. We're like, well, what, something must be wrong. 
because mm-hmm. you know, it's not the way they're supposed to be. So if we do the opposite, you know, if I start like throwing fuel on the fire, well, I have no one to blame but myself for the fallout. So I try not to do it. This just happened Friday night, man. Honestly, it literally just she was feeling all weird. She, she didn't know. She goes, she felt out of sorts. Mm-hmm. And she was just nothing I could do would not irritate. So what did I do? Well, my whole thing is if you're going to be cast as a villain, you might as well play the part well. So I started here. <laughs> and, you know, turn, she ended up storming out and, you know, but the next day everything was cool. She came back the next day and everything. It was like nothing bad happened. Nothing happened. It just it just needed to be aired out. You know, it just needed to be reset. And, there's, something, you know, there's something really cool about that that is that uh, I think is a re- like a hallmark of the art of not giving a fuck in terms of business, dating, life, and all these situations is recognizing first and foremost uh, that you don't have to live up to anything. Like fucking family ties, for example, some I watched growing <laughs> up. It, yeah. Life doesn't play out like that all the time, and it doesn't have to resolve in half an hour, and it doesn't, you don't have to have a completely drama-free life. And part of the thing is it's impossible and even I think we all go around thinking everybody else has this peaceful home existence where everything is just chill and there's a little fire going and the meals are beautiful and and everybody's just chill and happy all the time. But it's just I don't know if I've ever met anyone who actually is living in that way, you know. Oh, and, and so, but the cool thing is when you really deeply realize that and just start to come to terms with it, then all these layers of, of awareness and, and playing these games open up. So where you even can admit, oh, yeah, sometimes I do push your buttons. Well, fuck it, man. That's a part of life. And, and sometimes our identities and our experience, our personalities are, I mean, our, our conflicts are part of those, you know? And, and, yeah. uh, it, you know, the irony of that is, though, and, and this is for guys to understand. The irony is this. When I push her buttons, <laughs> girls are going to hate me after this. When I push her buttons. Yeah, there's there's all drama and all this. But she likes me more as a result after because I just gave her a drama fix. Because at the end of the day, every girl wants a drama fix. Some need it more than others. It used to be that just the harshest of life was the drama fix. Mm-hmm. But in this day and age, what really, what do women don't need guys anymore. They have their own jobs, their own money. They can live perfectly comfortable on their own. And they're absolutely miserable when they do it. They And you know it because they go out of the way to see how happy they are to be single when they're not happy. And they're, you know, 25% of them are on uh, antidepressants and, you know, so yeah, yeah. there's problems there. And, and that's the thing, though. They want a little drama. I mean, that's what girls want, emotion, you know, and a little bit of drama. I'm not saying they all are drama queens. I mean, thank God they're not all like that. But I'm just saying, like, my girl has – she admits it. Yeah, I have a little – I need a little drama now and then. And if I'm not giving her drama, she'll create the drama. Yeah. And I expect that and I know it's coming. And I can modulate it or I can blow it up and have fun with it and try to punish her for it so she doesn't do it again anytime soon or whatever. But as long as you know it's coming, if you know the punch is coming, right, before someone throws it, you have time to figure out how you want. Do you want to dodge it? Do you want to block it? Do you want to counter punch it? Do you want to kick? (laughs) Do you just want to let them punch and miss and flat and then just like with their own body force fling themselves under the ground because they missed? You know, it's up to you, but you know it's coming at least after listening. At least, <laughs> yeah, now, yeah, exactly. Hopefully, everyone listening now is it can translate that into their own uh, into their own life. <laughs> Makes total sense. Yeah, and I, I, we all love uh, drama. Sometimes, you know, we even like to make somebody feel bad, and it happens to us too. It's fine. It's it's just getting okay and getting comfortable with all these different diverse experiences, rather than constantly being upset and complaining that your life isn't lining up with what you saw on TV. 
uh, or how yeah. it's supposed to be. You know, let's throw all that shit away. Now life becomes very interesting. It's like a huge... The girl, women that I know at least, the ones I've all talked to, the honest ones at least, there's always some who will try to like throw off my research, of course, <laughs> false positives and all that. But, um, you know, they... <laughs> they don't want to like I, i've asked okay so garrett you i would love it if you ask girls this after the show just to get your own take on this certainly i have asked girls would you rather be bored or depressed and most girls i've talked to have said with the exception of some of the more left brain thinking ones like the intj types and stuff which i understand they would much rather be depressed because it's an emotion it's a they can do something with that Boredom is like the like they don't like bored. I as a guy, I love I want to be bored, man. I wish I could be bored. I wish I could have 10 minutes where there's nothing going on and I could just be bored and at least I have the choice to go do something else. But for girls, boredom is like the, the worst. That's why they'll dump guys who are perfectly good guys because the guys bore them. It's not because there's anything wrong with them. They'll make up something that was wrong with them, but there's nothing wrong with the guy. They just got bored by it. most guys are boring. Mm-hmm. And so that goes back to them needing that drama fix. You got to give them a little drama, a little excitement. Doesn't mean you got to get them mad, but I'm just saying a little drama goes a long way to uh, make a, for a happy relationship. That's been my experience. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I remember a time uh, driving from Oregon to uh, Wyoming for uh, my girlfriend at the time. Her parents lived out there, so we drove through this crazy blizzard along the. Uh, you're probably familiar with it. What's up on the up on the uh, what do they call it uh, along the 84 there, on the Columbia, um, the gorge. Is that the gorge? Yeah, the gorge. I've never been there, but I always hear about it. Yeah, so that highway goes right along the edge of the gorge. So when it's a big, uh, crazy blizzard snowstorm, it gets all frozen and it's just these big broad curves and everybody's going super fast. So we're driving on that in a in a Volkswagen Rabbit uh, diesel to Wyoming. I made it through all that, but it was just this horrific, insane ordeal through the ice. And, uh, and, but the rest of the trip was amazing. There was, it was just beautiful. It was relaxed. It was a nice drive. But of course, for the whole first three days of being there with the family, the only thing that was talked about was like surviving this, that one part of the trip, that horrible icy snowstorm thing, you know? So the drama was a thing that everyone talked about for three days. It wasn't, oh, you guys had an awesome trip, you know? And, and I think of that in relationships too. I noticed that, uh, uh, people will do that when they're fighting. They'll bring up the three times in the last year that there was <laughs> drama and upset. But then the, I never have conversations where it's like, you know, honey, you were really awesome last month. I just want to, I'm remembering it now and it feels good still. But of course we'll go, hey, last year you were a fucking asshole. You don't remember that? <laughs> <laughs> so, we, you know. <laughs> yeah, because it was an emotional thing, right? Mm-hmm, people, exactly. like, you don't remember things that bored you, or, like that were not exciting or interesting, but that... Yeah, you know, and that's the thing. It's like we don't really we, – we only want it in like small doses. I think they want it in bigger doses. And I, Look, as long as you know it's coming, you can do whatever you want with it. I say have some fun with it because yeah. she's not going to leave you because you get in an argument. In fact, she's going to leave you because you never argue with it. That concludes part one of Garrett's conversation with Ben Seda. Stay tuned for part two where they discuss being the king of one's life, dealing with one's queen – and becoming as if a gravitational force to everything you ever wanted.